What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that the Inspired Love program is now open for enrollment. If you've wanted to work with me in 2023, this is your opportunity, and you can apply now by going to inspiredloveprogram.com. When you go to that page, you'll have the opportunity to look over some information about the program. You can send in your application if you're ready to apply. And once your application is approved, you'll be able to book a discovery call with our team to find out if this program is the right thing for you. I'm very excited about what we're gonna be doing in the program this year, and I want you to be there. So if you feel like this is the thing for you, go apply now, and we cannot wait to meet you on your discovery call. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Shane Kohler here. I am your host, as usual. It is always a pleasure Always a pleasure and a privilege to be here and to share and to connect. Um, I have a lot of a lot of exciting things to share today. Actually, I mean, first one, I'll just put it out there right at the beginning. We do have the Inspired Love Program open for enrollment again. Um, I'm always so excited, you know, when we do this. It is something we only do a couple of times a year. Uh, Enrollment is only open for a handful of weeks. You know, we enroll people for a few weeks. And then once we get everyone enrolled, we start the program and we move forward. And I don't think there's going to be another opportunity to join probably until January of next year is going to be my guess. So this is going to be probably be the last one for 2023. Um, So I just want to shout out, you know, those of you who have maybe been considering or thinking about it or are interested in the program go ahead and book your call now. You know, there's there's no commitment to book the call. It's just a call to get on with one of our team members to learn about the program, to find out info, um, and to find out if it's if it's the right thing for you, you know? So just uh, go book your call now. You can talk to one of our team members. You can learn about all the info. And I say go book your call now because we only have enrollment open for a few weeks. And what everybody does is they wait until the very end and then the calls are so full that we can't accommodate everyone. And then some people don't get to do the program. So go book your calls now. That way we can get ahead of the game. We can get as many people, you know, on as, as, as possible. And that way, you know, everybody's not trying to get in at the end where some of you are going to miss your opportunity if you do that. So, um, that's that. And on that note, speaking about the inspired love program, and I I thought a good message for today would be to really speak about the healing journey and really talk about what healing is and why it's needed. And so that's the topic for today's episode. I'm going to talk about what healing is and why it's needed because in the Inspired Love program that's it's really what we do and and just so you know what I have done in the program is I've taken all the healing work I've done over the years and the work I did to ultimately create the relationship I have today to create the life I have today. Everything I've learned on my journey, everything I've integrated to to become the person I am and to create the life I have. And what I've done is I've put it into the program. And, um, you know, people who do the program, they will tell you, like, you'll probably save a lot of time because you don't have to go discover everything I did on your own. Like, I'm going to bring it right to you. I've, I've put it in a, in a very, um, condensed and clear and, and like systematized way for us to go through this healing journey together. And, In today's episode, I want to talk about what that healing journey is and why it's important because 
you know, I feel like, and, and this was me for a lot of years and this is all of us. I mean, like, you know, it's not, this is, this is the way we do it until we know better. But most of us think that we can get to where we want to go in life by just doing more of the things that haven't worked in the past. And so those of you who are listening right now, I just want you to check in with that and see if that resonates for you. Like most of us think that we just need to, I call it like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, right? It's like the ship is going down and we're not really bringing anything in that's brand new. We're not really bringing anything in that's incredibly innovative or incredibly groundbreaking or is really changing the context of our lives or the context of our approach, but we're just trying to push forward and do a little more of what already hasn't worked in the past. You know, people say, I need to go on more dates. I need to be more confident. I need to be more expressive. I need, you know, but people, it's, um, some of the trainers I used to work with, some of the people who coached me, they used to say it's a, it's called a more better, different context, right? Where I'm not bringing anything brand new in. I'm not bringing anything groundbreaking in. I'm not revolutionizing my life or my relationships or anything like that. But what I'm doing is I'm doing a little bit more of what I've already done. I'm trying to do it a little bit better than I've done it in the past. I'm trying to do it slightly different than how I've done it in the past, but nothing is really changing. And, you know, I I get on, I get on calls with clients all the time and and they say things like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to commit to one date a week, no matter what, I'm just going to go on one date a week. And like, look, that's not a bad commitment to make. Like I, I, I sometimes recommend people make that commitment, right? So that's not a bad commitment to make, but if you're doing that and you're going on these dates in the same way, you've always gone on dates and you're getting the same results from these dates that you've always gotten when you go on dates Going on one date a week isn't going to change anything. You're going to go on one date a week. These dates are going to go the same that they've always gone. You're going to feel the same way you always feel. This experience is going to become more defeating, more frustrating. And and ultimately, like at some point, you're going to say, screw this. I'm not going on any more dates. And you're going to quit. And the reason it's going to happen that way is because nothing has fundamentally changed. You're doing the same things you've always done that haven't worked. And so this is where healing comes in. And when we talk about healing, what we're talking about is revolutionizing your approach to life and to love, approaching it from a completely different foundation. And I want to read a a comment Uh, as, as I was, excuse me, as I was preparing for today's session, I was looking through some of uh, posts on Instagram and I read this comment and I know a lot of you when I read this comment are going to relate to what I read because I know a lot of you feel this very deeply. And like, even as I read the comment, like my heart breaks because I feel the person who's written this and it fucking sucks and it's frustrating and it hurts and it's demoralizing. And I'm just going to read the comment and then you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. So this is, I'm not going to read the person's name, but this is a comment that was left on one of my posts. And she says, I've been following you for a while, and I just feel like all of this is meaningless. Where are these men who want relationships? I have been dating for years. I show up as my best, most confident, high-value self at every date. But all anyone wants is to get me home for sex. And then they ghost and they play games and no one communicates or is available. 
It's absolutely frustrating and demoralizing. And none of these principles, though they make a lot of sense, actually work. Dating is maddening. How do people get into committed relationships? So this is a comment that was left on one of my posts. And I just want to say to the person who left the comment and to anyone out there who feels this comment, because I I know a lot of you feel that as I say it. And like, I just want to say to, to all of you who might be feeling this right now that I hear you and I feel you and it is maddening and it is demoralizing and it is frustrating. And what I want to say is that if nothing changes, if you just keep doing what you've been doing, it's going to be demoralizing. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be painful. And like long-term, if, if that doesn't change, like you're not going to find what you're looking for, but you are eventually going to get to a point where it all feels so hopeless and so frustrating that you just say, fuck it. And, and you don't even care anymore and you don't even try anymore. And the reason that I have the Inspired Love Program is to prevent that from happening. Like, I want everyone to really get that. The reason I have this program and the reason I am so passionate about the work we do in this program is to prevent that from happening, is to bring you into the program and allow you to recontextualize your life, allow you to recontextualize your relationship with men, your relationship with dating, your relationship with love, and approach it on a whole new foundation so you don't keep having the same experiences over and over and over again until it gets to a point where you don't even want to try anymore. That is the purpose of the program. That is what it's there for. So let's talk about what the healing journey looks like and what it really is to heal. Because I... uh, I remember, you know, back when I first got into healing work and I, I feel like I kind of, I kind of maybe got the, <laughs> I kind of maybe got the hard knocks of it. You know, some of the, some of the trainings and things I did were, you know, a little, a little intense, you know, where people would scream in your face and, and, and things like that. And I mean, my program is not like that. I think, I think people have way too much trauma to, Like we don't need people to scream in our faces, but back when I got into it, that's the kind of work that was being done. And I've, I've taken some of the, some of the principles and and some of the, you know, things that really worked and, and taken out some of the harsher stuff that I felt wasn't really necessary. But I remember when I first got into healing work and I was, I was doing this training and uh, there was this exercise that they were setting up and, and basically it was, um, we were all sitting in a group together and, and they told us to reflect on our most painful experience in our life. And so I was, I was sitting there reflecting on the most painful experience in my life. And at the time, I thought it was uh, my breakup when I was 16 years old. And I was, I was just heartbroken. Like, I mean, I've never been that heartbroken in my life. It was, I, I've shared about this breakup before. I mean, it was like devastating. It, it was just like, it was one of the hardest things I've ever been through. And so when I thought of my most painful experience in my life, that was the first thing that came up. And then, so they had us journal about the experience 
And then they had to share with the group about the experience, what it was. And then they had to stand up in front of the room. And we're standing up in front of this room full of people. And they had a group of people stand around us. And so the whole room's watching this happen, right? And we had just journaled about the most painful experience. And then we had just shared about it. And then this, and then you're standing up in front of the room and this whole group of people comes up and stands around you in front of the room. And so they ask you, now please state again, what was your most painful experience? And in that moment, when I'm standing in front of the room, all of a sudden my experience shifted and something had come up from my subconscious that I didn't even think of when I was trying to think of my most painful experience. And what, what came to me was the death of my grandmother. And my grandmother, when I was a child, she was like my best friend. She was like the person, like even more than my mom. I relied on my grandma for everything. She was like my rock. She was like, you know, my mom went to work, but when my mom would go to work, I stayed with my grandma during the day. And my grandma, like from the time I was born, was the most solid figure in my life. And then out of nowhere, she's diagnosed with cancer. Two weeks later, she dies. It was like sudden and abrupt, and she was just ripped out of my life. And I remember when she died, I couldn't even, I couldn't even like, it was like my mind couldn't even compute what was happening. It was like the most solid figure, the mo- like the most secure thing in my life had suddenly been ripped away and it wasn't coming back. And somehow I had to figure out how to get by without this. And I was 11 years old when this happened. And so I'm standing up in front of the room in this training and, and all of a sudden it pops in my mind, like, no, the breakup wasn't my most painful experience. My grandma's death was actually my most painful experience. And so then, then what they had us do was, okay, so I, I said to the room, I said, my grandmother's death was my most painful experience. They said, how old were you? I said, I was 11. They said, can you, you know, presence that experience for yourself? I said, yes. And they said, okay, I want you to keep that experience present in your mind. And now I want you to fall back and let these people catch you. So basically I fall back and now like they lift up my legs and now I'm being held by this group of people. And, and now they're just, they're just telling me to like go deeper into the experience. And they're like literally screaming at me like, where's your grandmother? Where's your grandmother? She left you. The universe ripped her away. They're like screaming this in my face. I'm, I'm like, they're lifting me off the ground. I'm laying down in the arms of these people. They're screaming in my face about my grandmother's death. And I just lose it. And all of a sudden, all this pain that had been repressed and, and held in my body since I was 11 years old, when I went through this experience and like nobody helped me process this experience. Nobody told me how to get through it. I didn't have any guidance about this. They were just like, death is a normal part, part of life. You got to move on. Time heals the heart. Like That was what they told me, right? But now I'm in this training room. I'm being held in the arms of these people. They're screaming in my face and I am just bawling my eyes out and screaming and wailing about my grandmother's death that happened 20 years before that I thought was way in my past. And all of a sudden, I can literally feel in my body all of this being released. All of this pain, like the, like the, like I had been betrayed by the universe. Like the universe had taken the most dear person in my life and ripped them away without a warning and said, now get on with it. Figure it out on your own. And, and like I had internalized all of this. I had held it in my body and now I'm in this moment and it's just all coming out. And the craziest thing about this whole experience was prior to that moment, I didn't even know that my grandmother's death still bothered me. Prior to that moment, 
I was not even aware that I was caring anything about her death. But when I was in this environment with this group of people that were committed to my healing and they were challenging me to go there, all of a sudden it comes to the surface and it comes out and I released it and I let it go. And that is a really good example of how healing works. That's a really good example of of what healing is. And so what's happening for most people is that you're out in your life trying to make things work. You're trying to find love. You're trying to do things in your business. Whatever, Whatever your goals are, whatever you're trying to work towards, you're trying to move forward in your life. But you feel like you're constantly hitting a wall. You try this thing and it doesn't work. And you try that thing and it doesn't work. And you try that thing and it doesn't work. And no matter where you go, you feel like you're like hitting a wall. You feel stuck. In in the comment I read earlier of this woman, with, she says it's so demoralizing and frustrating. And I'm stuck and I can't move beyond it. And why do I feel this way? Why can't I move beyond? It's because there are aspects of yourself that are actively working against you. See, here's the thing. On a conscious level, you feel lonely. On a conscious level, you want love. On a conscious level, you lay in bed by yourself at night and you say, oh my God, I just wish there was someone here to hold me. I feel so alone. I wish someone was here to be with me. And you want that so badly and you feel that so deeply. But then when you actually are involved in relationship with another person, you have trauma that is held in your body, just like when my grandma abandoned me, that tells you that it is not safe to get close to someone because that person will leave you, just like my grandma did, because that person will abandon you, because that person will let you down, because that person might be toxic. Because I mean, you think of all your traumas, and we have a lot of them. We have a lot of them. We all do. And so when you're alone in bed at night and you feel so lonely and you want someone to hold you and you feel that so deeply, you want it. But then when you're interacting with another person and you actually have the possibility to create it, on a subconscious level, You feel the fear of how that person could hurt you. You feel the vulnerability of opening yourself up to that person and what that would be like. You feel the shame of all the times in your life that you've been rejected, that you've been let down, that someone told you you weren't enough. You, you see all the things that you hate about yourself and that you've tried to hide from the world reflected back to you in the eyes of that other person. And whether you know it or not, you push that person away. Because on some level, you don't want to get close to them. On some level, you are terrified to let them in. Because you have learned that intimacy equals pain. Hey everybody, I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show, but if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love Program, I want to let you know exactly how to do that. 
the first thing you're going to do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page. You'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar. You'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face to face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program and when we work together, I am going to give you my absolute best. So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our discovery calls. Lots of love. And maybe you were taught that because of your relationship with your father. Maybe you were taught that because of your relationship with your mother. Maybe you were taught that because when you were in middle school, you were rejected and humiliated by your best friends. And they made a fool out of you in front of the whole class. Or maybe your grandmother or someone you loved deeply died. Or maybe when you were a teenager, you gave your whole heart to someone and you trusted them. And then they made a fool out of you. Or maybe something else happened. But the fact is, if you are hitting a wall, it's not an accident. If you are stuck, it is not an accident. You are stuck strategically. There are aspects of yourself that are keeping you stuck because you're afraid to not be stuck, because you have learned that to be stuck is to be safe. Someone, I, I, I'm reading a comment right now. Someone says, or you choose those that are not available. Well, isn't that a really crafty way of making it feel like you're engaged in the search for love while ensuring that you will never actually find it. You see, some of us, we choose people that are not available and we do it very strategically because we know that choosing those people is going to hurt. But we also know the degree to which it's going to hurt. And we also know that the relationship is never going to get far enough to actually hurt us in the deepest ways possible. And so we've developed these strategic ways of creating relationships that reflect the relationships of the past. So we experience the same familiar patterns of the past. And we feel like we have some control over them. We feel like they won't hurt us that much. What I want you to recognize, and I've been... I've been recently studying something called IFS therapy, and I found it to be revolutionary. And soon I'm going to do a podcast episode on it, but I want to, I want to study it a little more before I start speaking about it too much. But, um, but I've, I've been studying this and I found it really revolutionary. And the idea is basically that at certain points in our life, when we experience trauma, a part of ourself gets frozen in time. 
So there's a part of myself that is frozen at 11 years old when my grandma died. There's a part of myself that's frozen at 16 years old when my first girlfriend broke up with me. There's a part of me that's frozen in time at, you know, two years old when my mom used to drop me off at daycares and, and she would have to go to work. And I would feel the abandonment of being left alone in this insane environment with a hundred kids. And I'm only this big, right? Like, so there's, there are parts of us that get frozen in time when we experience trauma. And then there are other parts of us that emerge to try to protect those traumatized parts. And so the, in, in IFS therapy, they call these parts of us managers. And all of this that I'm talking about, th this could all be considered different aspects of the ego, right? The ego, and you have heard me talk about the ego many times, the ego is kind of the amalgamation of all these different parts, right? The ego is kind of a term we give to all these different parts that are operating inside of us that, that are basically survival aspects. They're aspects that are trying to keep us safe. They're aspects that are trying to keep us away from pain. They're aspects that are trying to keep us apart from being hurt. And so what you have is you have these, you have these uh, traumatized, wounded parts of yourself. In IFS, they're called burdened parts, parts that are carrying burdens of your past. And then you have these manager parts that have taken the responsibility of protecting those parts. And basically what the managers do is the managers have a commitment to never let anyone get deep enough to touch those wounded, vulnerable parts. So what I would like to suggest is that there is a part of yourself that has decided to take control of your love life and your dating life. And this part of yourself is very aware of every pain that you've ever experienced, of every rejection, of every fear, of every doubt, of every moment of loneliness, of every disappointment, of every, like every time you've been let down, every time you felt that you weren't enough, every time you've been abandoned, every time you've been broken. This part of yourself is very aware of all of it. And what it's done is it's locked away this wounded part of yourself in a deep corner of your mind. And it's promised to never let you or anyone else touch it. And to a large degree, you look back on some of the biggest pains in your life and you go, oh, not a big deal. I got over it. I let it go. And that's how disconnected you are from how real that experience still is from you. Like I shared with you when I was in that training, I thought I was over my grandma. I thought that was something that happened when I was a kid. I hadn't thought about that in years. I thought I was over it. But then when I really gave myself permission and was in an environment where I felt safe enough to go there and that manager part of myself didn't feel that it needed to protect everything, it was right there. And this is why I say, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about the Inspired Love Program for a moment because I'm not saying that you have to do the Inspired Love Program. I mean, there, there are lots of coaches and teachers and people out there. But if you resonate with me as a coach, if, you, if you've been listening to the podcast and you get value from this and you resonate with me as a coach and you can feel in your heart that, there is, that there's another level for you, 
Like you can feel in your heart that you're scratching the surface of something, but you just can't quite touch it. You just can't quite reach it. Like, you know, it's there and you like, you know, it's available. And like, you even maybe see it in other people. And you're like, man, like I I see what that person has tapped into. And I know that's there for me, but I, I just can't figure out how to make that leap. That's what the inspired love program is for. That's where you're going to have the opportunity to confront yourself the same way I was able to confront myself that day in that training room. That's where you're going to have the opportunity to get in touch with the parts of yourself that you have locked away and promise that you would never open the door to. And this is the, this is kind of the paradox of all of it. Those parts of yourself that you've locked away and said you would never open the door to, and I'm never going to let anyone see those parts, and I'm never going to let anyone touch those parts. Those are the parts that someone is going to fall in love with when they're unburdened, when they are no longer traumatized. See, your managers are the ones that say the things, as I was talking about earlier, like just go on one date a week, right? This is your manager trying to create a strategy that's going to make you feel safe. That's going to make you feel like you're moving forward. That's going to make you feel like you're on track for what you want. But I want you to understand this. Your manager does not care about you getting what you want. Your manager just cares about protecting the wounded part of yourself. Your manager just cares about making sure that that wounded part of yourself never sees the light of day. And so what the manager needs to do is make you feel like you're on track. Because if you feel like you're on track, you'll stop trying to get there. And so the manager is going to give you a strategy that makes you feel like if I just go on one date a week, I'll eventually meet my person. But if you've been going on one date a week, for 10 weeks now, and all that's happened is you've become more disheartened and more frustrated. Well, that's when you've got to start to look and say, okay, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's a part of this I haven't looked at yet. Maybe there's an aspect of this I haven't uncovered yet. Because I've said this many times, and and I know those of you who listen to the podcast, you've heard me say this. But your vulnerability is your superpower. Your vulnerability is your gift. When you can relax these protective parts of yourself, when you cannot have to strategize anymore, when you cannot have to constantly be trying to find a way to make yourself feel okay about yourself, to make yourself feel like things are working out for you, to talk yourself into it. When you can relax into being okay with who and what you are and you can love that, you can love who and what you are and you can feel safe enough in your own body and safe enough in your own life and worthy enough to let those most vulnerable parts of yourself 
out into the world. That's when somebody will see something in you that they don't often see in people. That's when somebody will see something in you that stands out to them and they go, whoa, who's this person? I don't often meet people like this. But you will never find that living behind these protections. And so the fact is, if you've experienced pain in your life, if you've experienced heartbreak, if you've experienced disappointment, if you've doubted your worth, if you've doubted yourself, there are parts of you that are calling for healing. And like, you're going to have to gauge this on your own. Some, some of you, some of you might be able to read a book and heal. Some of you might be able to listen to this podcast and heal. That wasn't me. Read lots and lots of books. You know, I had to, I had to get myself in environments where I could really learn about what was going on for me. Where I could really get in touch with the aspects of me that I had been repressing automatically for so many years that I wasn't going to get in touch with them just by reading a book. That I needed to be in relationship with a coach or with a program or with somebody who could show me how to get in touch with those parts. Who could show me this process. Who could start to allow me to feel safe enough in my life to let parts of myself out into the world that had been hidden. Because, and I've shared lots of stories with you. I mean, you know, for me, love was chaotic and it was painful. And it looked like being with people who didn't respect me. You know, it looked like trying to get someone to want to be with me and hoping that they would while feeling deep in my heart that they never would. And then ultimately having to face that reality. You see, I used to show up to relationships. I used to find someone that I liked and try to prove myself to them and try to show them how great I was and try to show them how great it could be with me. And you know what they often said to me? I like you as a friend. Which tends to be what women say to men, right? And men tend to just lose interest and move on. I guess, I guess women, women feel inclined to hang on to the relationship in some way. And that's probably because women are more relational beings, right? Whereas men, they just, you're not really what I'm looking for. I'm ready to move on. But I would, I would try to prove myself and I would be trying to show up with all my gifts and look how great I am. Look how awesome I am. Look how much fun we have together. Look how deep I am. Look how sensitive I am. Look how much I understand you, right? Like I'd be trying to show everything that was great about me. And in my heart, I would feel that I wasn't enough for that person. And so even though on the surface, 
I know how I'm supposed to be. I know what I'm supposed to say. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know how to talk. It wasn't alive for me. Because the truth is that there were parts of me that didn't want to let that in. You know, this is an interesting thing. A lot of you think you struggle with worthiness. And you don't realize that you've developed a story that you're not worthy and that you're not wanted. And that that story keeps you safe from what you would have to experience if you were worthy. Right? Because if I was worthy, I would actually have to dive in into a relationship, open my heart wide open, be, be willing to experience all the pain, abandonment, rejection that might come with that. And so the story that you live in, that I'm not worthy, no one wants me, I can't meet any good people, that's a way of protecting yourself. And you see, that's what I lived in. That's what I lived in, this trying to prove myself because I didn't feel that I was worthy. And I thought that that was the truth about me. And what I realized was that was just something I had developed to keep people at a distance. Because you know what? When I was a little kid, my mom would drop me off at daycare. And that terrified me because I felt like it was a war zone. I remember like my mom was like the safe, warm, comforting influence in my life. But then she would go to work and she would drop me off at daycare. And here I am, two, three years old with a, a hundred kids at a daycare. And it seemed like they all knew how to get along, but I didn't know how to get along. And they were running and playing and wrestling around and laughing. And I didn't know how to fit in with them. And it was really terrifying for me. And so at that time in my life, I developed a story that I'm different from them that they're over there doing something cool, but I don't really know how to do that, and I need to stay over here to keep myself safe. Now I'm talking about two, three years old. I developed a story, and it's not even a rational story. It becomes that later on, right? A rational, logical story in language. But when I was two, three years old, it was an emotional story. It was an energetic story that I felt I wasn't saying it to myself. I was living it. And I took it on and I held it in my body and it became the truth about me. And I felt that at daycare. And then when I went to kindergarten, I felt it there. And then when I went into grade school, I felt it there. And then when I went into high school, I felt it there. And then, you know, it's really interesting because in high school, something happened. In high school, I actually fell in love with someone who I thought loved me back. But then, ultimately, she left. And so the one time, and I want you to really get this because I want you to see how insidious this is. The one time in my life that I found, that I found myself in an environment where I felt safe enough to step outside of that story that I developed when I was two years old, three years old. I learned my lesson, didn't I? Because she crushed me. She cheated on me with one of our mutual friends. She cheated on me with a guy that I look at and go, oh my God, how could you leave me for him? What could he possibly offer you that I couldn't? A guy who I could clearly see was so much less 
of a great partner than I was. And yet she chose him over me. And the one time I felt safe enough to step outside of the story that I had created for myself as a little kid, the universe and the life taught me how dangerous that is and delivered one of the worst heartbreaks of my life. And this was just one of many traumas. What I want you to get is that it's not as simple as just move on, be confident, get over it. Like the anxiety that you feel in your body, that is your old story. That is that trauma from when you were two years old, three years old, five years old, showing up in your adult life right now. That anxiety you feel that goes, oh my God, is he going to text me? Is he not? Did he like me? Did I say the right thing? Did I do the right thing? Why hasn't he texted me? Why hasn't he called? Like you think it's about that person. It's not about that person. It's about you reliving the story that you created when you were a little kid. Reliving those same familiar dynamics in dating. And then you feel like this woman who, I read the comment earlier, and God bless you because I hear you and I know how it feels. But I'm just going to read some of what she said. I've been dating for years. I show up as my best, most confident, high value self at every date, but all anyone wants is to get me home for sex. And then they ghost and play games and no one communicates or is available. It's absolutely frustrating and demoralizing. And none of these principles, though they make a lot of sense, actually work. And then she ends it with, how do people get into committed relationships? And Again, for the person who left this comment or for anyone who can resonate with what she's saying right now, what I want you to hear is yes, you are talking about the truth of your experience. And I get that. I respect that. That is valid. But it is not the truth with a capital T. This story that you're living in of there are no good men out there and I show up as my best self, but all people want is sex and they ghost me and there are no, there's nobody who wants a sincere relationship. This story that you have developed around this is a story that has been laid on top of a deeper story that developed when you were very young. And it is protecting you from that wounded part of yourself. This story, nobody wants a real relationship. They only want sex and then they ghost me. That is something you are carrying with you that is causing you to show up to dating and love and relationships in a very specific way that is keeping love out of your life. And this is something that is very strategic that the protective parts of you have done to prevent you from ever having to experience the pain that you experienced as a child. And so someone asked a question earlier. I saw the comment. They said, well, how do you be okay with all this? You've got to heal from it. And so uh, I'll take you through what we do in the Inspired Love Program to give you an example of what this healing looks like. So part of it is we illuminate the stories the original stories. 
right? So not, not the story that you're living out of now, not the protection story. There are no good people out there and I can't meet anyone and dating is so hard and, and where are all the good people and none of these tools work and I'm my best self, but it doesn't mean anything because it doesn't work anyway. Okay. That's the protection story. That's the story you tell to protect yourself. In the program, we're going to illuminate the original story, the story that I'm not safe. When did that story start? When did that story develop? The story that I can't trust. Where did that story come from? The story that I'm not lovable. The story that I'm not wanted. The story that I'm not valuable. Where did those stories come from? We're going to illuminate those stories. We're going to discover, excuse me, we're going to discover where those stories come from. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go through somatic process together. We're going to go through somatic experience together where we go back to the events that happen and we release them from your body. We're going to actually go back into the experience of what happened and release it from your body. We're going to develop emotional awareness. So we're going to learn to recognize how these stories activate emotions that cause you to react in very specific ways. And we're going to learn how to interrupt that cycle. So basically what happens is, let's say you go on a date, you have an experience on the date that triggers a fear in you. That fear activates an emotional experience that then activates a mental story that then causes you to behave in a very specific way that reinforces the story. And as I've said, this is all set up intentionally. This is all strategic. It's the protective parts of you using this mechanism to protect yourself. So we're going to learn how to recognize that mechanism and observe that mechanism happening in real time. We're going to learn how to intervene in that mechanism, how to soothe the emotional experience, how to go back to the original wound and get out of the protective story. And then you can move forward in a new direction. Hey everybody, I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show, but if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love Program, I want to let you know exactly how to do that. The first thing you're going to do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page. You'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar. You'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face-to-face -face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program and when we work together, I am going to give you my absolute best. 
So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our discovery calls. Lots of love. We're going to talk about the tools that actually work. So what do you say? What do you do? How do you present yourself? How do you ask for what you want? What's the proper energy to bring? How do you maintain the right vibrational state? We're going to talk about these things. But then we're also going to talk about the emotional experiences that prevent us from being able to do these things. And we're going to learn how to work with the emotional blockages so that we can actually do the things we want to do rather than just talking about what we should do. Which a lot of times when you read books or you listen to podcasts, and, and I mean, I'll, I'll own this, like I do it too, right? Talk about what you should do. Well, in the program, we're going to teach you how to do it, which is something that often can't be conveyed outside of that kind of environment. We're going to learn to recognize and identify the inner child. So this is the part of yourself that has been locked in time. The part of yourself that has been locked back when the pain happened. And some of you experienced a lot of abuse when you were younger. And some of you experienced abuse that didn't look like abuse. Some of you experienced abuse like, you better be the best on the sports team. Or you better get the best grades in school. Or you better be the perfect little girl or the perfect little boy, right? Some of you experienced abuse that looked like that. And it didn't look like abuse. You weren't beat or you weren't sexually assaulted or anything like that. But you were constantly told that you're not enough. And you were told that you need to be more than you are. Or that you're only worthy if you achieve some kind of external goal like academics or sports or whatever it might be. And some of you have been with partners that abused you. Some of you have been in romantic situations for 10 plus years with people that told you every day that you were not enough. And they might not have told you with their words, but with their actions and with the way they treated you and with the expectations they had of you, and with the energy they created around you, they gave you the idea constantly that you were not enough. And you took that on, and that lives inside of you now. And wherever and however you experience the trauma and the abuse, there is a part of yourself that is locked in time, that has not moved beyond that point. And then there is a part of yourself that is trying to protect yourself from that abused part, from that wounded part. And I'm just going to say, if, if you don't learn powerful ways of navigating these things, you will not manifest your dreams in life. I want to go back to a question that I, I saw in the comments here because I've had, I've had people ask me this question before, and it's a good question. So the, the question is, if that's the case, how come so many unhealed people are in relationships and so many good people aren't? And how come we don't find them? What I want to say is a relationship is not the metric of success. Okay, 
I have clients come to me all the time who were married for 20 years and found out their partner was carrying on relationships with strippers and, and all kinds of stuff behind their back. Okay, I have people come to me all the time that have been married for 20 years to a narcissist who abused them. I have people come to me all the time who have been in a marriage with a decent person, but they never had a deep spiritual connection with that person. They never felt that that person really understands them. They never felt deeply connected to that person. And after 20 years, they're finally deciding to live their life and say, you know what? I'm going to find someone I actually feel like I want to be with. So when you say there are so many unhealed people who are in great relationships, I'm going to say you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, unhealed people don't have great relationships. They have awful relationships. They have relationships where at best, at best, they subordinate most of who they are just to maintain the peace in the relationship. And you might see a lot of couples who look relatively happy But when you look underneath the surface, what's really going on is they have a decent life, but most of who they are has been repressed so they can keep the peace and get along in the relationship. Most of who they are has been repressed so they can keep the peace and get along in the relationship. Like, there's a a kind of ignorance slash arrogance in a question like that. And and I don't mean that as an insult. So please understand. I I want you to, I, I say this to bring awareness to what you're asking, not to criticize you for it. But there is a certain ignorance slash arrogance in a question like that, where, where you think there's a way to like best the universe, where you think you can win the game without playing by the rules. And I'm going to tell you, In this universe, you reap what you sow. If you don't do the healing work, you will not have the life that healed people have. And you might be really good at making it look like you do on the surface. You might go get this amazing career and live in this beautiful house and have this perfect marriage and these perfect kids and and you might be a master of faking it. But how do you feel about yourself on the inside? And does this picture-perfect family you created, do they feel loved and honored on the inside? Or are they just a part of your performance? Like, from the bottom of my heart, please get this. You cannot fake it. You have the real deal or you have nothing. And we live in a world where people are masters of faking it. We live in a world where it's like flex culture, where everyone wants to show you how beautiful their life is on social media and hide how much they're suffering inside. And right now, I'm bringing you the truth. On this podcast, I'm bringing you the truth that people are suffering, that you are suffering, that I, a lot of times, am suffering. And I'm not pretending that it's any other way. But I'll tell you what, despite the fact that I suffer that I have insecurities, that I doubt myself, that I fear, that I struggle, despite all of that, despite that that is the truth about my life at times, I have a real, authentic, loving relationship with my wife that is solid. 
solid. A relationship where we can fight, but we don't fear it's going to end. Because we know what we have and we know who we are and we know what we're building. And that's just one of the many, many beautiful things in my life that has come as a result of the healing work that I've done. And another thing I'll share is that even though I do have insecurities and doubts and fears and and I struggle with all the same things that everyone struggles with and I suffer and I'm not pretending that it's any different, even though that is the truth about my life, I also have a very, very powerful set of tools that I can bring to my suffering, that I can bring to my fear. And I learned how to use those tools when I was dating and I revolutionized my love life to find the partner I have today. And it fucking worked. And I want you to get that. It fucking worked. And I've used those same tools to deal with the insecurities around my business and I built a successful business. I've used those same tools to deal with the fears and challenges that I've had in my relationship with my wife. And we've created an amazing relationship together. Your life will be a reflection of the work you do. And so let me just take this one step further. Let me just take this one step further and that's, and that's going to be it. Then I'm going to take some questions. You know, people, the question people always ask is why? Why is it like this? Why is it so hard? Why can't it be easier? Why couldn't it just work out? Why couldn't they just want me? Why did they have to ghost me? Why did they lose interest? Why does, why does it have to be so hard? Why do I have to struggle so much? People always want to know why. And what I want to say is that when you're asking that question, you're not in touch with who you actually are. Because you are a spiritual being. And this life that you're living right now This is not your real life. This is just a very small piece of your real life. This this lifetime that you're living here, when we look at your real life, this is a blip. It's like you went to school for the day. And so when you ask, why is it so hard? Why do I have to struggle so much? What I want you to realize is the higher consciousness that you are a part of, your true self, the the self that you are growing into right now, has designed a curriculum for you to help you learn who you are, to help you learn how magnificent and amazing you are. And your search for love is not an accident. Your search for love is an essential part of that. It is one of the classes that you're in in this life. For some of you, it is the most important class that you're in in this life. And so why is it so hard? It's so hard because it's literally challenging you to go to the very core of your being and discover what's there. 
And the truth is, if you don't do that, then you probably won't find the love you want to have. But if you do, you will. And this whole desire system, this whole seeking for love, this whole wanting a partner in your life, it is there to drive you to that part of yourself so you can do the work you need to do so yes, you can have that partner and you'll have an amazing life together and it will be beautiful and it will be lovely and it will be what you wanted it to be and you will get to experience all of that and there is that reward. But I'm going to tell you that reward pales in comparison to the internal reward of who you become by doing this work and how much you love yourself by doing this work. And that's the reward that your soul is seeking. And I can't say why. You know, when when I say this, the next question is always why, right? Why are we doing this? What's the point? I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know why. I imagine we'll, we'll understand why on the other side. But what I do know is that we are not here to coast in this life. That we are not here to repress all the authentic parts of ourselves and just try to get by with our control structures. That is not what we are here to do. We are here to go to the very core of our being and bring forth the most bold and authentic aspects of who we are. That's what we're here for. That's what this life is about. That's what this school that we're in called life is about. And the way I see it is if that's what we're here to do anyway, why not do it and find the relationship you're looking for? Why not do it and find the partner you're looking for? The way I understand it when it comes to manifestation is that manifesting the external things we want to have in life, like a career that we love, like a loving partnership, manifesting the external things we want in life is the reward that life gives us for doing the work that we came here to do. And if you don't do that work, if you just chase the external rewards without doing the work, yeah, you'll get into a relationship, but it won't be what you want it to be. You won't feel loved. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of what to say here, and I think what I want to say is rise to the occasion. Get committed to your own healing. Get committed to your own work. And see how life plays out for you as a result of that. All right, so all that being said, um, we've talked about a lot today. There were some really cool things that have been touched on here, some great questions that have come in so far. Um, what I want to do is just go ahead and open up for any other questions 
that might be coming in. So um, if anybody has a question, go ahead and drop it in the comments. And I will get to as many questions as I can. I'm going to take take as many as I can. I'm just going to scroll through here and uh, maybe reply to some of the comments that have come in already. Um, go ahead, drop your questions in. And like I said, I'll get to as many of them as I can today. Okay, this question is from Munia12. And she says, why can't we leave a toxic relationship even after knowing it's hurting us and the circle goes on? Okay, by the way, anybody who relates to what uh, Munia is saying right now, just tap that heart a few times because I know she's not the only one. I've been here. You've been here. We've all been here. Okay, we have all been in that place of hanging on to someone who is bullshit, who doesn't deserve us who isn't treating us well, and yet we can't leave. Okay, we've all done this. There's probably not a single person on the planet who hasn't done this. So the question is, why do we do it? I've been talking about this all day. So I really want you to let it in when I say it this time. I've been talking about this all day. In your past, maybe when you were very little, maybe when you were in middle school, maybe when you were in high school, maybe part of it even has to do with your adult relationships. But in your past, you have been wounded. You have been traumatized. There are parts of yourself that are carrying the burdens of these wounds. And now there are other parts of yourselves that are trying to protect against that. The reason you stay in a toxic relationship and can't leave is because the protective parts of yourself have determined that that relationship is suitable based on the worldview that you're currently living in. Based on the beliefs that you hold, the way you see life, the way you see yourself, the way you see love, the way you see what's possible or not possible for you, the protective parts of you have determined that this toxic relationship is the best place for you to be. And so they will not let it go. Even though the higher wisdom in you says this is not right, we need to leave. Maybe the protective parts of you says, listen, if you leave, you're going to be alone. And being alone really, really hurts. And it's really hard to find someone. And there aren't any good people out there anyway. And men these days are jerks. And, you know, they're manipulative and they're liars. And they just want to use you for sex and ghost you. So it's better to stay with this person. Even though it hurts, at least it's a pain that you know. At least it's a pain that's familiar. At least it's a pain you can control. That's why you stay. And as long as those protective parts of you are running your life, you will stay. And God, I just hope that by the time you get out of it, that you still have enough life left to live that you can still get something from it. That's my hope for you. Because this is what we do. This is what we do. We trade our dreams for safety, security, predictability, and control. We trade what we want most in our hearts for what is good enough for the moment. 
And then moment goes by and moment goes by and moment goes by and moment goes by. And before you know it, 10 years have gone by. And what have you done with it? You've spent it investing in someone who is never going to be what you wanted anyway. And then what happens on the other side of it? You've spent the last 10 years unlearning everything that would have helped you actually find the person. You've got a lot of work to do now. You've got to heal the trauma of your past. You've got to heal the trauma of the last 10 years. And you've got to learn the skills that are going to let you move forward in a powerful way. Better get to work now. And I I know I'm being direct. And I also know I'm promoting my program right now. But what I'm really promoting is I'm promoting you to get off your ass and go get some healing work done. And if you don't do it in my program, do it somewhere else. But this is a call to action in your life. To get up and move. And if you trust me as a coach, if you listen to my podcasts, if you respect my work, if you get value from these conversations, then why not start with me? And if you don't want to start with me, start somewhere else. Start with someone else. But I promise you, the areas of your life that you are hitting a wall are not going to disappear on their own. They're going to disappear because you got underneath them. You got into the foundations of that wall. You found out what that wall was made of, brick by brick by brick. And you found a place in yourself where you could feel safe enough to step outside of that wall and take a risk and open up a new possibility for yourself. So sending love to you, I hope that supports you. I hope you find a way out of this relationship. Um, Aniza, Aniza says, watching this live every Tuesday was actually a big factor in my healing and meeting a healthy partner and filtering out all the bad romantic and simply unhealthy relationships in my life. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Sending you lots of love. And I am so glad that this has served you. So, so glad. Um, this is Moldon, Moldonican. <laughs> Uh, says, you have helped me to start over to get a real, wait, you have helped me to start over. You, uh, sorry, sorry. Okay. You have helped me to start to get over a real intense, emotionally abusive relationship. You have answered questions I did not even know I had. Well, thank you so much. Thanking you. Sending so much love. Okay. Here's one from Alexa, but not Alexa. Good to see you on here again, by the way. Um, she says, I know a person since a bit of time, and I still don't know if he has sincere feelings or interests. Okay, so known a person for a while, still don't know how he feels about you. Now, this is a really great example because, I mean, if you wanted to know, you could ask, right? You could ask, but why don't you ask? And, and this, is, this is where we're really going to get into some of the practicality of what I'm talking about today. Because you've known this person for a while, you've had some connection with them, maybe you've been out on a few dates, maybe you've spent some time with them, but you don't know how they feel about you. And by the way, those of you who are listening, I know you relate to this. There are some of you right now that are talking to someone, trying to be a detective, hoping and guessing you can figure out how they feel, but God knows you will never ask. And why not? 
and why not? What is that about? What is that about? Well, let's, let's do it again. We'll do it again right now. There are wounded parts of you that have learned that it is not safe to ask. That if I ask someone how they feel, I'm opening myself up to rejection. I'm going to drive them away. I'm going to be abandoned. They're going to lose interest. They're going to think I'm desperate, right? This is all trauma. Everything, this is all trauma. And some of it might've come from your feelings of worthiness that you got from your parents when you were a little kid. Some of it might've got from the brainwashing you got from middle school kids who didn't know shit about dating. And they were telling you, oh, don't go, don't let them know you like them because you'll look desperate. Like a fucking middle schooler knows anything about adult relationships. And yet most of us are still using middle school strategy to try to create an adult relationship. Try to figure that one out, right? So this is all trauma. This is all fear. This is all self-doubt. And what you've done to overcompensate for this trauma and this fear and this doubt is you have created an elaborate protection strategy. And your strategy says things like, only text him if he's texted you the last three times. Right? Or don't ask him out, just wait for him to ask you out. Or don't ask how he feels about you, but just try to prove yourself to him and eventually he'll fall in love with you, right? These are all part of your protective strategies. And this is all part of the trauma and the fear you've picked up along the way and your attempts to overcompensate for it. And the truth is there are very natural, healthy ways that you can ask someone how they feel about you while remaining in your power, while not feeling desperate, while not feeling needy, while not feeling pathetic, while commanding that person's respect, while having that person admire you for having the courage to even ask, there are ways of talking about these things where you can accomplish all of this. But as long as you're operating within these protective strategies, that's not even within your wheelhouse. And like, what I, what I want you to hear, Alexa, but not Alexa, thank you for the question. Those of you who are in similar positions, feeling similar things, like, what do you, what do you think's going to happen to that if you don't work on it? You think suddenly you're just going to throw it out the window and develop a whole new strategy? How could you? How could you? You, you won't be able to. Right? Like this, this is something. And like you want to realize how deep this goes. Like you have invested a lot in this protection. It has kept you safe through a lot of things in your life. And and I also want to say, there are times in your past when this protection was absolutely necessary. Okay, when you were in middle school, if you went up to that boy you liked and said, I really like you, will you go out with me? He might have laughed in your face and made fun of you in front of the whole class, and you would have been utterly devastated and humiliated by that. So at that time in your life, that protective strategy was necessary. But now you're a grown-up. You don't need to live by middle school rules anymore. But you still are. And then there are people out there that aren't playing by middle school rules but they meet you 
and they see you playing by those middle school rules and then they lose interest. They go, I can't have a real relationship with this person. And so you say, I can only meet toxic people or I can only meet people who don't what I want, who, who don't want what I want. Well, you're meeting people who are playing by the rules you're playing by. And that's why you have that vibrational compatibility. You're meeting on the same energetic playing field. And like, please hear as I say this, I am not judging you. I am not criticizing you. I am not telling you that it's your fault. You had no power when you were a child. Like we were all just thrown into this experience. We all just had to do the best with what we could. Like you had no power as a child, but the difference is that now you do. And so what are you going to do with your power? That's the question. Oh, and I just saw Alexa, but Alexa, you posted another comment. Been in a seven years relationship and I'm scared to restart again because I know I'll get hurt. Well, thank you for owning that. And that is so beautiful that you can see that because now you see right there, you realize it, that it's not, it's not that you can't ask. It's that you don't want to ask. And you don't want to ask why? Because asking is scary. And you haven't learned how to deal with that fear. You haven't learned how to relate with that fear. And so you've spent your whole life tiptoeing around it. Because it was safer to tiptoe around it than to head, head into it head on. I heard, uh, I heard something yesterday was, man, I wish I always share these things and I always want to acknowledge the people who share them. And I, I, I just don't always remember who I heard it from, but I saw a post on social media the other day. And, um, this guy said he got a piece of advice from his friend that said, be like the Buffalo. And he told the story. He said that when a, when a thunderstorm is coming in, a thunderstorm, you know, it might be rolling over the plains and all the cows and the buffalo see it coming. And the cows turn and run from it. But we all know that cows mo- don't move very fast, right? So the cows turn and run from the storm, but then the storm eventually catches up to them and they keep running from it, but they can't outrun the storm. And and they actually, they run, as they're running from the storm, they're, the storm is moving with them and they actually stay in it longer because if they were staying still, the storm would blow past them but they actually stay in the storm longer because they're running with the storm. And what he said is the buffalo turn and run into the storm. And they know that by facing the storm head on, by going right into it, they will get through it. And because they're running against the storm, see the cows are running with the storm. The storm is following them. So they stay in it longer the buffaloes are running against the storm and the storm is moving against them, which means they're going to come out the other side quicker. Dive into the storm. Be the buffalo. Don't hide from the things you're afraid of. Dive into them. And I know I've been saying it a lot today, but if, if you know it's time for you to take that dive, 
if, if you know it's time for you to do the healing work, and you will know this because you will feel it in your body. You will feel the burden in your body. You will feel the burden wanting to be released, wanting to be let go of. And if you feel that right now, start with inspired love. If you trust me as a coach, if you trust me as a leader, if you trust me as somebody who understands this work, start there. And if you don't, then start somewhere else. But start with, like, make that commitment to yourself. That's the most important thing. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show, but if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love Program, I want to let you know exactly how to do that. The first thing you're going to do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page. You'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar. You'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face-to-face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call, and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program, and when we work together, I am going to give you my absolute best. So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our discovery calls. Lots of love. Learn about your traumas. Learn about your fears. Learn about your wounds. Learn about your inner child. Learn about the parts of yourself. In IFS, they call it exiling. That there are parts of ourself that we have exiled, that we have deemed unworthy, and so we have hidden them from the world and even from ourselves. And we don't ever want to let those parts of us see the light of day. And I I want everyone to hear this. Those are the parts of you that someone will fall in love with when they have been healed and integrated. But as long as there are these disconnected, exiled parts of you, they will be sabotaging you from the dark recesses of your mind. And they'll, they'll I mean, that, that's what they'll do. They'll sabotage you. And they will just prevent you from feeling the way you want to feel and having everything you want to have in your life. So get to know your traumas. Get to know these exiled parts of yourself. Get in touch with them. Learn their stories. Learn where they come from. I see somebody asking what retreat I attended for the experience of healing. So the the one I was sharing about earlier, it's a training company that's no longer in business. This was many, many years ago. But what I the, the point I'm communicating here is that 
you have very similar opportunities in the Inspired Love program. And of course, there are other coaches doing other things. You have opportunities there too. But my program is currently open for enrollment. Um, We'll be enrolling for the next few weeks and that you will have the same opportunities that I was sharing about I did in my healing work. You will have those same opportunities in the Inspired Love program. So definitely, if you're ready for an experience like that, if you're ready to heal, go check out the program. Um, Okay, this question comes from Robin Simmons. Uh, My ex-narc alcoholic died recently. It's been over for a while. You have helped me a lot. But now I am grieving and no one understands. How do I grieve? How do I let go for good? Well, Robin, um, I mean, grieving is a process and there's been lots of, lots of information written about it. Um, I mean, you can, you can do a little bit of searching online and how to grieve. There've been lots of books written. There've been lots of, there's been lots and lots of material written on grieving people who know a lot more about it than I do. But what I'll say is that grief is a process and it's something that you have to allow yourself to go through. It's something that you have to, uh, you know, there are stages of it as, as you know, you probably know there's anger and there's depression and there's denial and there's, and I'm not necessarily saying them in order, but, but these, there are different stages and there are different experiences that you move through as you're grieving. And it's something that you need to allow yourself the space to go through. Um, now I, I will say like, there are really two ways of grieving. There is really grieving and healing consciously where you're doing a lot of the work that I've been talking about today as you grieve. You're, you're finding how does this grief interact with my trauma? What are the protective parts of me that are operating right now, right? Like th- this, is all, this, is all, this is all work that can be done as you're grieving and it will help you to heal in the most clear and powerful way. And then there is work that, um, or excuse me, not work, but there is a way of grieving where you're not healing as you're grieving. And what you're actually doing is you're just trying to move on as fast and as, you know, immediately as possible. And that's where you end up creating more burdened parts of yourself. You end up creating more trauma. You end up exiling more parts of yourself and, and your struggle on the other side of the grief becomes thicker. Like essentially I was sharing about my grandmother earlier and essentially this is what I did with my grandmother. And I thought, as I said, I thought I had moved on. I thought, you know, that was long in my past. I'd let it go a long time ago, but all I had done was just repressed it. All I had done was just been strong and pushed it aside and moved on. I didn't realize that the loss of my grandmother had impacted me in, in a deep and profound way that it was, that the loss of my grandmother was was very much like present in my life every day. And not, not in the fact that I was sitting there thinking about like, oh, I miss my grandmother. Why isn't she gone? But the fact that my rock, the person who I trusted most in my life, the person who I relied on more than anyone else had been abruptly ripped out of my life in a second. And, and that there was no consolation given for that. Like the universe didn't make that up to me. It was just deal with it. And so that's what I did. I dealt with it. 
and I was strong and I got through it and I pushed through it. But that traumatized me in a fundamental way. Like there were messages about myself and about life and about my ability to trust and about if I am safe or not and all of this that were woven into every inch of that experience. And so if I had not done the healing work around it, that trauma would have kept running my life. And so there are two ways to grieve. You can heal as you grieve. And and when you heal as you grieve, what you're doing is you're really rewriting the script. Or you can repress the grief and push forward. And when you repress the grief and push forward, all you're doing is adding more trauma that you need to overcome in your life. You're just adding more layers to the thick walls that are already there. So I would say, and I I know Robin, you also had reached out to me about the program. Like the program could be a great place for you right now. If you want to go through this process consciously and you actually want to get in touch with what's going on inside of you as you go through this process, rather than just trying to shut the grief down and move on from it. So those are my thoughts. And yeah, I I think it is a process. It's not going to be over instantly. It's not going to, you know, you're not just going to wake up one morning and feel amazing and it's all going to be gone. Like this person was a major part of your life and you are reworking a lot of things within yourself in light of their absence. And so you're going to need to, I mean, you're going to need to do the healing, right? You're, you're going to need to consciously get in there and deal with the trauma of it and the reworking of it rather than just pushing it away and trying to push forward. Lots of love. Grief is tough. Grief is, I mean, it's grief. And it is, it is one of the most painful and challenging experiences we ever go through in life. So lots of love to you. Lots of love to you. Um, all right. I don't see any more questions right now. And I think this is a good place to, to wrap it up actually. So let me just, um, I'm going to go ahead and close it out here, but I want to just thank everybody for being on with me today. Um, great session as always. I enjoy being with all of you, you know, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, lots of love. Like I, I know, I know that these things we are talking about are not easy. And I, I in no way intend to give you a simple solution to just slap on this. You know, I, as I've shared, I, I've been doing healing work for over a decade now. And it's become my greatest passion. It's become my love. It's become the thing I love to teach. It's become the thing I love to do. And, you know, the, the deeper I go into this work, the more I respect the complexity of it, the more I respect the, the challenge of it, but the more I also come to recognize the importance of it. And, you know, we're, we're living on a planet right now that is like, we're living on a planet right now that is on its way to hell (laughs) and you don't have to. I mean, you don't have to be anything special to realize that. Like our planet is in big trouble. And the reason our planet is in this condition 
And by the way, you know, the dating world and, and how toxic it is and how hard it is to find love, these are all just side effects of the condition of our planet. Like, I hope you realize that. Like, this isn't an isolated situation. The, the fact that the dating world is a nightmare is directly related to the fact that war is happening. And like, it, it's all, these are all symptoms of the state of our world. But the state of our world is the state of ourselves. Like the world is an outside picture of an inward condition. We are warring with each other because we are at war with ourselves. We struggle to find love because we struggle to find love within ourselves. The world is an outside picture of an inward condition. And so, like we, we need to heal, all of us. And I'm not coming to you as someone who is on the mountaintop and has done all the work. I mean, I'm meeting with my therapist on Thursday. <laughs> you know, I just took a program earlier this year with Peter Crone, who's an amazing coach, right? I, I mean, I'll be, I'll be taking a, a retreat in August this year. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the work with you, <laughs> right? I'm doing the work with you. So I'm not coming to you as somebody who, who has done all, all of it and has all the answers and I'm fixed and you're broken and now let me fix you. That's not my message. My message is, is that this is what we need right now. This is what we need for ourselves and our lives. This is what our world needs. This is what the family, the children that you have right now or will one day have need from you. Like we need to heal. If, if our world has any chance of getting it together, we need to heal. So that's my invitation here. And if you know that you're ready for the work, join me in the Inspired Love Program. All right, lots of love, everybody. Sending you so much love and so many blessings. Um, I know it's tough. I know it's challenging. I am right there with you on the journey and we can get through this together. All right, much love, many blessings. I'll see you back here next Tuesday. All the best. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.